We started last week to begin to look through the book of Acts. And we're going to journey through that book for the next coming weeks and months. And there's nothing new in it. There's nothing that we talked about last week. There's nothing that I feel the Father releases at times that is anything new about this. This is stuff that is part of our DNA. It's part of who you are. It's our vision. It's our values. It's our mission statements. It's our life. It's who we are. It's who we're created to be. It's our identity. It's our purpose. So there's nothing new in it. It's why we call this idea of family on mission or family with purpose. You know, we, we, it's not an either or. We're family together. We want to love one another. If you're here for the first time, know you're welcome. You are loved. If you haven't been here for weeks, it doesn't matter. You're here. You're loved. We're family. We're together. But we're more than just a social gathering. We have a purpose in life. We have a mission that we're called to. So we just want to agitate that a little bit and know that we are both family and we are on mission. And so I want to look, just to recap, if you weren't here last week, because I don't think it's been available online just as yet. Um, So I'll just quickly, quickly go through this uh, last week. The points as we began to look at Acts, as this overview was... But the book of Acts, our, our missional life as family together on mission, is not boring. So as we look through the book of Acts, it's not just a church plant and structure. It's not just the history of the church. It's more than that. It's a call. It's a lifestyle. It's who we are. It's the story of the family. The, the, this family that began, God's family, who began to have a mission, and they saw that mission spread wide, And we're part of that family. So it's not boring. It's part of who we are. It's part of our story. It's not complicated. As I say, it's it's, it's not about all the methods and the how-tos. It's the principles that we're called to live by. So we looked at that and looked a little bit at we're called to be a biblical family, a missional family, relational family, generously compassionate, naturally supernatural. How we do those things is, is, is up to us as we, as we spend time with God in our own intimate times, as we spend time with our Father. How do we be biblical? How do we be missional? We work that out for ourselves. There's no how to. We just do it. It's like Ron said just does what it says in the tin. We read it and we do it. Um, but it is wild. And it is that this word wild means uncontrolled, not limited, unusual, often in a way that is attractive and exciting. And we know that this, this, the call into this family, it's not a boring, complicated family. It's an attractive family. Why? Because Jesus is at the centre of it. Our Father is in heaven and we just want to be modelled out through that. And, and as we do that, together and individually, we can't help it but be attractive. And that's our heart. We don't want to be just another social gathering. We want to see people come alive in Jesus. We want to see them come alive in who they always have been called to be. A reminder of their identity and their purpose. And so we ended up last week at this call back to our mission statement, seeing how do we work that out in the book of Acts into who we are here as family on mission. 
How do we work it out? So we had this mission statement. We had the picture, Bill, if you want to put it up. about um, We exist for the city to write a new story of hope. We are a community of people. This is our mission statement. We're a community of people who are hungering after the presence of God and know the impact it has on our own lives and simply want this to overflow in heaven's goodness wherever we live, work or play. We long to see the hope and love of Jesus spill out into the hearts, homes and streets of the city of Carlisle and beyond to see the whole borderlands area come fully alive. It's nothing new. It's always been there. What we're doing right now as we look through the book of Acts is saying these things weren't just plucked out of the air. They're part of us. They're who we are. We don't want to just love each other. We want to love this city. We want to love the areas beyond that. And we know that we can't just do that on Sundays. It's part of our everyday life. So the times where we gather together in events and and, and, and people who love that, but also knowing that we take it forward into our everyday lives. It's not sim- it's not complicated, it's simple. And maybe sometimes whenever we this idea of calling it out, we want to live it out. I need to explain that. That is not okay, it's not that we all head out onto the streets and preach and pray for people and see these miraculous um breakthroughs. Some of us will be called to that. Some of those things will happen. But the greatest signs and wonders that we're seeking, that we realize, is that we are the biggest signs and wonders. I look at my own life. I wonder, God, how have you worked? How have you seen breakthrough? So those things become supernaturally released over other people. So we will see signs and wonders at times. But the fact is, this call to make disciples says, go and make disciples. So there always has to be an outward focus to family. There always has to be a missional element to family. And it's not just go. It's as you're going. If you look in the Greek, it's as you go. As you go about your everyday life, just bring Jesus into that. Release the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of Jesus. And I guess, for me, I want to tell you why I'm so passionate about that stuff. Because we want to unpack it a little bit today. And we'll go into that. But I want to tell you why I'm so passionate about it. Because I know I wouldn't be here, standing right now, releasing this stuff. If it wasn't for people who got this. So 10, 12, 15 years ago, I was angry, full of anger, full of bitterness, growing up in a country that just breeds bitterness and hatred. Trying to do life by myself, self-medicating that with drugs and drink. Those are things becoming addictions, just fueling the anger more. Being part of organizations who want to inflict pain on people. Why? Because it's a part of our identity. That's who we are. We're just, we're just here to, invict, to, to for the cause and the pain. And in those things, we find community, but we find the wrong purpose. So we want to be people who gather together, but we also want to have the purpose. Because if it hadn't have been for people realizing that church, this missional life, this is how I see it. They didn't just see it as gathering together and doing this and, and, and being. We, like, we want to be part of that. We want to see where we're filled up to overflowing. We want to see where we're encouraged. But it's always got to be. Because we want to go and see it released more. So when Nathan sees a breakthrough moment in his life, he gets to release that and worship today over us. See what it is? It's about we receive, but we also give. 
And if there hadn't been a pastor who took time to come alongside me and sit in a pub with me and do nothing else but just love me well. If it hadn't been for someone, one of my mates, just constantly at work, chatting to me about how life was. Say, hey, would you like to come along with me? I'm going to this event. It's full of young people. Yeah, we love Jesus, but I just think you would love, like, you just need to be around people right now who are going to love you well. But he didn't just stop there. He would press in and he would want to pray for me. And another friend who would send like little daily readings for today. And so that, that's where my passion came from. For this. Because it's so much more than just gathering. That is part of who we are. We're here. We want to journey together. We want to be family. But we're family that wants to see the family always growing. Reaching out to hurt People who need to know their identity and their purpose. So while I'm here in Carlisle, this will always be it. will always agitate. That's what we're here as a family for. If we wanted to stay and just to grow in our walk with God, we would have stayed in Ireland. But we came here because we want to encourage you to keep being those people. You already do it, but let's keep going. Let's not settle. Or less. And so what happens sometimes, I was thinking about this this week, and my granda, my granda just said things how it was. And the first time my auntie, uh, who eventually married this guy, he's a guy from rugby here in England, uh, he came across to our farmhouse for the first time, and my granda said to him, as he would say to everybody, how's the form? And we could see him looking at him as, how's the form? What do you mean by that? And in Ireland, we're meaning by that, you know, like, how are you? How are you keeping? But for him, his, in his mind, he's thinking, a form? A form is a bench that you sit on. I don't have a form. What, is, there, is there seats here? What am I supposed to be doing? And so my granda, instead of beginning to explain it, he just got louder and angrier and more animated. And he's like, the form! How's the form? And so I don't want this to be like this. Because last week, I'm animated, I get passionate about it, but I just don't want to get louder and more animated. I want us to begin to unpack it. What does it mean? What does it look like in our everyday to bring Jesus into that, to release the kingdom? That as we grow together as family, we head into mission. And so, I want to look at that a little bit today, really quickly. Because it's not complicated. Stephen Furtick, I remember hearing this phrase a few years ago that he said, um, he says, whenever you're in a moment that you don't know what to do, so you're saying, I don't know what to do. He says, do what you know already. So let me give you an example of that. My nephew Mark, I remember him whenever I was working in youth ministry back in Ireland. And the joy of like leading all these um, team leaders into this stuff was that you got to come into the meetings at times and just hear a little bit about what was going on as they prepared to head off on mission. And I remember being absolutely floored by my nephew. Because he lives this out. He said, as they were asking, what are the things we're good at? What can we bring to this mission team? He's like, I I don't really know what I do, what I bring to this, but I know one thing. I can love people well. So I'm going to love people. And it's that simple. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know how to do this thing, when you don't know how to see the kingdom in break, when you don't know how to bring Jesus into your everyday, just do what you do, do what you know already. Love people well. 
Start with who you are. What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy doing? Where are you placed at? Where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you play? Where do you go to school? See, it's a shift in our mindset. If you want to push it on there, Bill, to the next one. The first part of this is a shift in our mindset. A shift in our thinking. Because Romans are... Yeah, Romans 12, 2 says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we begin to think differently. It'll impact our actions. So it's like, oh, I think I'd really like an ice cream. I'm going to go and buy an ice cream. You get what I mean? Your thoughts shape your actions. And so what if you begin to think around these things that Acts say, but what the Bible says? What if I am an ambassador? What does that mean? What if I am someone who is sent sent from heaven to represent Jesus. That's what an ambassador is. Someone sent from one nation to another to faithfully represent that nation there. And they're sent with all the delegated authority. They're sent with all the resources that that nation has. So what if you are a representative of the kingdom of heaven here? That means you have the authority that comes from heaven and it means you have all the resources so what if you are an ambassador and what if what if you've been sent into Carlisle? What if you've been sent into Kirk, into Stanix, into Harabi, wherever it is that you live? What if you've been sent there to be an ambassador? What if you've been sent into your workplace to represent Jesus? Because we, we, we have this great idea, you know, we'd love to see paid chaplains in every workplace. Well, pardon me, but I think... If you work somewhere and you love Jesus, you're already a paid chaplain. Because you're getting paid to be there, but you're also there knowing you're heavenly. You're here to represent the kingdom. So, your workplace, your neighborhood, this city is different because you're here. What if we begin to think like that? That's the starting point. It has to start with, I'm useless. I've just ended up here. I'm in this job and I hate it. I have to go to the post office every week. Begin to think differently. Kingdom opportunities, they're there all the time. Let's begin to unpack this a little bit more. Because it's not just all the big breakthrough moments. It's not just about the breakthrough moments. Mark Marks, who has all this success around healing and healing on the streets, he says the biggest thing that we have to remember in those moments is that the success is not in whether someone is healed or not. The success is that moment that you get to stand beside them and they allow you to pray with them. Because at that moment, if you are an ambassador, if you are a representative of the kingdom sent here, there's a connection point with people who don't know Jesus, who don't know their true identity and their purpose. And so I encourage you to start somewhere. Small steps lead to a big impact. Start somewhere. Go back I think it was around about this time last year that I came here for the first time. And, I, and we spoke on this, like, be or have courage to encourage. Okay, let's start there. For some of us, this is really simple. And you're thinking, why are we talking through this thing again? It's because, look, we all need to begin somewhere. So, encourage that barista or that checkout operator. Because what you're doing in that moment is you're releasing how God sees them. Ask people how their day is and wait for a follow-up. See, that's what Jesus was. He was present in the moment. He loved people well. So it wasn't just, hey, how's your day going? Yeah, yeah, great. 
going to walk on here. <laughs> Be present. Listen to people. Begin, as Miriam said a few weeks ago, this idea of prophecy, strength and courage and comfort, begin to foretell. Call people out. And what, what do you see them as? What are the good things that they're good at? Tell them they're good at it. So that's someone who's just made you a coffee in a coffee shop, and it's a great coffee. Go and tell them that. Do you see how simple it is? We begin to speak heaven over them just by what we say as a representative of that kingdom. We impart that authority. We impart that breakthrough. Like Andy is great at that. Spend half an hour with him in Carlisle City Centre and you'll see how he just, he just calls out in people. He just encourages them. And you know what? We don't all have to be Andy's because we're in different places that he is. So what if we begin with our heart to encourage people where we are? I saw an example of this this week. I'm not sure if Kim's here. Kim Halterhoff. Yeah, she's here somewhere. Kim shared this blog, this vlog this week, okay, of this little kid in her class who passes a note to her and it says, keep going on. But I love what Kim did in that moment. So she didn't just take that and say, that's for me, that's for me, I'm I'm going to take that encouragement. She releases that. So she goes on to Instagram and says, I've I've received this today, and that moment of breakthrough immediately becomes multipliable. So do you see what what I'm saying? Where are the moments of breakthrough where people encourage you, then you go to encourage other people. Release that over others. Thanks, Sophie. You release that over others. And some of you need to hear that word this morning. That can go, keep going on. Keep being who you are. Keep being yourself in the everyday. See, what I thought of immediately whenever I heard that was, our kids get this far better than we do. I'm challenged by our kids, by the kids that we have here, by the kids across this city. Who I don't know if you know this, are doing the kingdom stuff that we find hard. So we have kids in our playgrounds who are praying for all our kids and seeing people healed. Who are coming alongside teaching all our kids how to pray. Who are telling the kids how great it is on a Sunday to be around people who love them well and then telling them you're great. You're really funny. I love being around you. What if we took those moments of breakthrough that our kids get and we began to do it? It's no wonder that Jesus tells us we're to have a childlike faith. We just need to go down and learn from them. They get it. They don't overcomplicate things. They're not cynical. They don't question stuff. They just do what it says in the Bible. Let's go do it. So I just love us to have that childlike faith. And it's okay to have questions. Coming back on that, it is okay to have questions. That's what we do as family. We begin to journey through those. We begin to work it out. So, what you know, I give you complete permission in this. As we begin, as we're unpacking this today, if there's stuff that you're still not sure and you're like, I, I don't know how to do this, like, just come and talk. Let's journey this together. I don't know everything. I'm learning this. I'm not an expert, I'm an explorer. I'm learning a little bit more all the time. So I'd love that to be multiplied over all of us. So whenever you hear hear people say, oh, but 
I, I don't know how to pray for people. I couldn't pray for people. I never see breakthrough. I'm going to go back to Mark Marx again. He says, it's not an overly spiritual thing. It's just the law of probability. If you pray more for people, if you want to see more breakthrough, just pray for people more. Just pray for people more. You say, oh, but people will say no. Well, at least ask. You'll never know. What's the worst that can happen? They'll say no. And what I love to do in those moments is say, well, look, I'm going to pray for you anyway. So you might as well give me some direction. What, what harm can it do? And it's wonderful what just that little, just that little bit of pressing and more can do sometimes. But that has to come from a heart that has spent time with Jesus and loves that person so well that they're not a project. They're not some story to come back and tell here on a Sunday. They are people who need to be loved well and come in to everything that Jesus has created them to be. So we pray with them not to get a story and to stand at the front and celebrate, but to see life multiplied. Do you you get where I'm coming at on this? Risk will look different for all of us. For some of us, it's beginning to encourage. For some of us, it's pushing beyond that and praying for people. I want to give you some really helpful tips that hopefully will help us a little bit in how do we live this out. So the first thing is, these all start with an E. I love it. It's the Baptist in me. There's E all the way through. Encounter. So lead a life that encounters people. Where you meet people. If you're introverted, like try. Try your best to push beyond those tendencies and get around people. Easy ways to do that, instead of reading your book at home, go and read it in a coffee shop. You're meeting people. People say all the time, I don't know if opportunities. Unless you're a recluse or a hermit and you're not meeting people every day, Every day, there are people in front of you who need Jesus. And we're so busy, like we said last week, in Acts, looking at the sky, looking towards Jesus, being so heavenly minded that we're not seeing those people how Jesus sees them. Because if we did, something would shift. And I challenge myself in that. What if that person beside me in the coffee line in Costa is right now struggling with loneliness. What if that person who's beside me at the bus stop (coughs) is struggling with their identity? What if my manager at work, who is shouting at people all the time, my manager doesn't do that, I'm just giving you an example. What if my manager at work all the time is shouting at people and so angry? What if they're struggling to deal with the fact that their mum has just been diagnosed with news that has absolutely shattered their world. What if that young person creating havoc on the streets is doing that so they don't have to go back and be beaten up by their dad and watch their mum abused? What if? You see what happens? The only way that we do that is we encounter people and then we engage. Chat to people. Like we want to stick in the earphones all the time. And I'm not saying there's times where you need to switch off. That's okay. But actually when you sit in the bus, put them out. Talk to people. If, if you're a representative on that bus of the kingdom of heaven, maybe, maybe that person just needs to hear you say hello to them that day. <coughs> engage with people. Encounter people, engage with them. 
And even when it gets difficult, keep going. Then entrust people. That's the next part of it. Entrust people with your world. Begin to be open. Begin to be vulnerable. I'm not saying you splurge that all out right away, but as you begin, as people begin to trust you, open up and tell them the struggles that you've gone through. There's a guy who used to work with me in more Concrete. And all the time, uh, this was back in Ireland, he used to ask me questions about the Bible and I didn't have a clue about the answers. <coughs> and I thought, we're never going to see breakthrough in this guy's life. Like, I, I want him to love Jesus. But I can't answer these questions for him. What I didn't realize was, as Zoe and I were journeying through our first miscarriage, he watched how we journeyed it. And then when he was journeying it, he said, I just want to know, how, how did you deal with that? And at that moment, we get to tell him how Jesus, not on our own strength, but Jesus helped us through it. Can I tell you something about that guy today? He's serving Jesus on the mission field. There's a multipliable effect in that. Not because of something I did, but because we learned to do this. <coughs> and trust, be open, be vulnerable, and realize I'm a representative of the kingdom of heaven. I'm in my workplace today to do that. I'm in my school today to do that. I'm in our home to do that. You get it? It's not complicated. Then expand your prayer life. That's the next part. Expand. Expand your prayer life. Begin to ask God for opportunities. Begin to ask him for encounters. And then, whenever you're meeting with people, and this is not just people outside of the church, but even with ourselves. Whenever we say, yeah, I'll pray for you this week, just stop and pray them. Expand your prayer life a little bit. Invite the kingdom into that. Then extend invitations into your world. So at that point, it's you know it's still very much about those people that you just come into contact with. But then extend that. So open up your home. Take people out for coffee. Gather with groups of people who are already doing stuff in the city and extend the invitation into your life. Begin to press outwards a little bit. For us, I'll be honest with you, it's really tough at times beginning to open our home because we've been hurt really badly in the past. And so we have to battle through all that stuff. But how are we ever going to invite people into our world if we don't open up in our vulnerable places? Open up your homes. Invite people in. Go for a walk with people. And then, this is the last bit. All those we can say, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the hard bit. This is where we get to. Encourage towards life change. So do you believe that Jesus brought a change in your life? Because then tell people about it. Tell your story. And you might say, oh, my story's nothing. I just grew up in church and one day I was like, yep, yeah, that's it. Do you realize what happened at that moment? And I'm not creating hype in this. This is actually truth. At that moment, you were broken free from a slavery. Okay? So you were set free. And you were also given a royal identity. So you became a prince or a princess of the high king. Now if that is not a story to tell, I don't know what is. All of us have a story that's unique to us. Learn to tell your story. Because in that, you will encourage people. Don't be scared to pray. Don't be scared to talk about Jesus. Just do it. That's what we talked about last week. Just do it. So, so I feel like bef- there's just three wee bits to finish off with, but I feel we have to stop right now. Okay? We're going to pray over that. So, so just bow your heads where you're at. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, like we thank you for those people in our lives who took time to come alongside us. 
And we commit ourselves afresh to learning more from you, from journeying together, from being vulnerable, but to talking about you. So I feel right now that the Lord is putting people on your hearts. And I encourage you to either, you have permission now, if you need to text someone and tell them you want to meet up for a coffee, go do it. If you want to text them a little verse, go and do it. If you want to go home today and have a think about that and write a letter to someone, go and do it. If you want to reconnect with someone that you haven't, re, you haven't connected with for years and you need to say sorry, let's meet up again, go and do that. Let's be people who don't just hear this, but we put it into action. So come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. Yeah. So, so yeah, I encourage you to do that. Let's have the courage to encourage Three little things to remember in this, okay, as we go. Because this might help to break down the fears a little bit. I hope they do. Don't think there is anyone who doesn't want to think there's something more. See, we're all created in God's image. So within all of us, if, if we're created in His image and to be in relationship with Him, whether it looks like it on the surface or not, everyone wants to think there is something more. Whether they realize it's God, whether they realize it's something else. We're all creatures who desire more. There must be more. That's why we live in a world now where (coughs) sci-fi and supernatural films like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and all these things. um, What's that other one? Strange Encounters or whatever. All these things. Because people want to think there's more than just this. And there is. His name's Jesus. Just tell people. Secondly, we live in a world becoming increasingly secure. Things are constantly changing and, every, and people want an anchor. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I see whenever we look at Brexit and everything that's happening, especially back for us in Ireland there, <laughs> and the uncertainty, but what that's bringing to people here, jobs uncertainty, what's that going to look like? What's it look like for the future of our country? And we see more and more and more insecurity what I see in Brexit is an opportunity to release hope and security through Jesus. That's a whole mindset shift. It's when we realize no matter what is going on, every moment, everything that's happening is an opportunity to bring Jesus into that. And so when you think about Brexit and you think about all the repercussions, can I tell you something? Jesus is still going to be in control. When I look at Ireland, whether there's going to be a border there or not, you know, I, I can get worried when I think about what does that bring about again in there. But actually, I have to keep bringing myself back to Jesus is in control. And so, when people are feeling insecure, let's get alongside them and offer them the one ounce of security in this world that will not fail. It's Jesus. His word cannot fail. He cannot change. So when he says... I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's good forever. People are desiring that. We've got it. We just need to release it. And then lastly, people don't want rules they can follow. They want relationship they can invest in. So it's not about telling people, okay, so you need to become a Christian, but then you have to do this and you have to do that. You have to live like this and you have to do that. It's about Jesus. It's about family. It's about relationship. And everybody desires relationship. Why? Because we've been made that way. It's taking truth and living it out.
And so I want to encourage you. I hope some of that is useful. I hope some of that demystifies this whole breaking into the kingdom and how do we bring Jesus into our workplace. It's really simple. Just come back to those six E's all the time and keep going round and round and round. If you want to talk more about that, let's chat about it. If you have questions about it, come and talk to me about it. You need to know something. I'm going to speak this over you now. You're ambassadors sent from heaven to here to represent Jesus. In Carlisle, where you live, where you work, where you hang out with people, you are the connecting point between heaven and earth.